Aloha, everyone. Aloha. Going off, going off track, coming to you live from Hawaii. Yeah. We wish. Everyone gets laid. No one's ever <laughs> made that joke. All right, now we're still in Brooklyn. Hey, it's Stephen, Brad, and Jonah. And this week's guest, we are excited to say, is John Joseph, whose book, The Evolution of a Cro-Magnon, is one of his many pieces of art. Yes, he also sang for some band. What were they called? Oh, yeah, oh, the cro Yeah, maybe them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, his book is amazing. He has a new book, uh, well, a, a newish version of it's coming out called Meat is for Pussies. Meat is for Pussies, yeah. So um, if you eat meat, guess what? No, nah, he was super cool to have hang out with us. Yeah, we talked about actually a lot of stuff that I wasn't expecting us to talk about, but which was super fascinating. Well, he's an activist, and yes. that's, what, that's what he launched into. And really, you don't hear much of Jonah and I when we talk no, to John. No, no. John has a lot of things to get off his chest, um, and he seems super well informed and educated on a lot of this stuff. So I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm up on a lot of this stuff, but I really learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting people that dive into that that lifestyle. I mean, I've done it, you know, just gone vegan for a little while, and I don't mean like oh, I tried it, but like just mentally it didn't work for me. I don't know if I couldn't commit, but I also like a lot of chocolate, so that's kind of my thing. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. and which I don't sure. have. <laughs> and which is John Joseph is all about discipline. Yes, he is. Uh, it was interesting because as Jonah and I discussed in the podcast, we both read his book. So when you're talking to someone and you've read their autobiography, you're like, what What do we jump into? Like, how do Especially we talk? Especially his autobiography, yes. which is just has some really dark, crazy... Yeah. I mean, this guy's life is unlike anyone else on the planet. So it's yeah, so heavy. Knowing his whole childhood and that story and then talking to him, you feel like you know know this person, but you also don't want to bring up horrible stuff from their childhood <laughs> that he's already written about that he's already written about and depicted so yeah well let's just let him talk so yeah let him talk john joseph it's going on john joseph ladies and gentlemen uh thank Pleasure you very to much to be here man thank you for joining us john and i were just discussing like what how do we even begin to talk because uh jonah's read your book i listened to your audio book and it's like we know so. I feel like we know so much about you and what you've, you know, put out there for the whole world. That it's like where where to even begin or what to touch upon. Uh, I can start off with Jonah is a big yoga guy. I am beautiful. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, we had uh, Ray Capo on. Oh yeah, and yeah, talked yeah. a lot of yoga stuff. Yeah, I know Ray. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of he's fun. A, he's a legit yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. He's legit, yeah. I just we just played with uh, Judge too at the. Uh, Fun, fun, fun fest, and uh, Purcell was there. He got a yoga school, too. So. Yeah. You know, it's good. Everybody's doing their thing, man, you know? Now, you have a new book you're working on, right? Uh, I am working on a new book, but Meat is for Pussies just got picked up by HarperCollins, and it's going to be a bigger, better, badder, more in-your-fucking-face. <laughs> I mean, my trainer, uh, Aaron Drazavanovsky, is like a badass fucking got me ready for the for the ironmans i did last year and uh uh he's nasm master certification he's doing a 28 day chromag power plan to get people fit and there's it's just gonna be bigger and badder and fucking way more information i mean so much shit's dropped since that book came out new What's stuff with monsanto and the you know monsanto yeah. protection act and you know it's just the conspiracy that's going on with this fucking food and the pharmaceutical companies and everything so i just really get into it in this book and the monsanto stuff is so it, it infuriates me because you know the guy who started the whole genetic modification was doing it to help countries that didn't have food 
and then it got completely bastardized. Well, it got hijacked, just like Codex Alimentarius got hijacked. It was supposed to be food protection, and then the GMO companies fucking grab hold of it, and then, uh, you know, it, now it's just to, to stop natural foods and any kind of alternative medicine. It, it's been hijacked by the WHO and the fucking UN. And these, 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 these are just shill fucking scumbags. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been doing this 33 years and want, working in health food stores and around the alternative health people for just as long since 1980. So, you know, it's just... People got to wake up. That's the power you have is the power of choice. If you don't buy into the food matrix, then fucking you, you know, you take the red pill or the blue pill. It's up to you. <laughs> you want to sleep? Stay asleep. Watch fucking TV and fucking drool over the Burger King commercials. But me and other people who are awake realize that these same companies putting out these products uh, there's a great documentary I just was turned on to recently called The Idiot Cycle. And the woman from France proved she followed the money that all these companies, uh, GMO companies and chemical companies and pesticide companies also owned, uh, they own the drug companies. So it's like they get you sick with the shit and then they swoop in and give you the drugs to fight the cancers that they caused. And it's just one big idiot cycle. And if you stay on that shit, then... You know, you're going to be part of Big Farmer's plan, which is to keep you on meds from the moment you fucking leave the womb till you enter the fucking grave, cradle to the grave. It does seem like there's a lot more of that with the uh, medication. And even Dude, look at all these diseases, even this new shit. Oh, uh, you know, there's always something fucking new. And then they're selling you, you know, gluten-free, man. It's like fucking just like Atkins and the rest of the shit. Listen, the reason there's all these problems with gluten is because motherfuckers genetically modified the shit to send the fucking gluten levels in wheat and oats and all the rest of this shit into the fucking stratosphere. But people have been eating oats and fucking and, and chapatis in India for tens and thousands of fucking years. Nobody ever got celiac disease or Crohn's or any of this shit. It's because... You know, it's it's what they're doing to the food. They're manipulating that shit to get you sick. And, you know, it's I, I don't take meds at all. I don't need them. I fucking don't take any medication. I eat 80% raw food, organic. I'm totally plant-based. And, uh, you know, that's why I decided... You know, what I say, people misconstrued the title of the book a little bit. They thought I was being some preachy vegan douchebag, which I hate. I don't even call myself a fucking vegan... And even though I'm straight edge, I don't paint fucking X's on my hand. I refuse to be part of any of those groups. But what I say even in the intro of the book is if you choose to live a sedentary lifestyle and eat these poisonous foods, you're going to become a pussy dependent upon the pharmaceutical companies to keep you alive. And if that's what you want, put the book back. It's not for you, but everybody else. Read on. Where do you stand sort of being stretched? Where do you stand on sort of the marijuana legalization? Because it seems like the pharmaceutical companies definitely don't want well, that. Well, man, hemp, you know, it's not just weed. I don't take intoxicants. Weed's an intoxicant. What's the root word of intoxication? Toxic. So nobody's going to tell me that that shit's not toxic to the body. I mean, you know, it has its merits and hemp and hemp oil and hemp for fabrics and shit like that. I think the main reason they're trying to keep that shit under wraps is because, 
you know, it it is medicinal. For medicinal purposes, yeah, if you got something wrong with you, like they give it to people with cataracts or fucking coming off chemo or whatever the fuck, but... Honestly, if I got cancer, dude, I wouldn't go get chemo any fucking way because that shit just kills you quicker. It's better to detoxify your body and, you know, alkaline your body. And, you know, it's it's just I'm, I'm all into the preventative medicine. But, you know, that's fascinating. You said that I saw an interview with a doctor one time who said that the 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 problem with Western medicine, the root of it is it's not preventative. It's diagnostic. Yeah. Because that's where the money lies and that's, you know, there's not going to be anybody telling you this information. The information is in the, you know, like HR said from the bad brains, it's in the underground, man. It's you got to look, you have to look for that shit because these people control media. This shit's controlled. They tell you you need fucking, I just saw fucking that shill Dr. Oz pushing flu shots on everybody with thimerosal and fucking toxins and MSG and all this shit. And, and Why can't they just make... If they want to really give somebody a, a vaccine, why can't they do it without all the poisonous additives that's in that shit? Like, you know, sorry, but injecting a kid with fucking mercury and, you know, like thimerosal, which is a derivative of mercury, and all the rest of the poisons, and the amount of mercury that they give a child in one shot, you have to be a 280-pound man to be able to absorb that much mercury into the body. You can't tell me that that shit's not affecting uh, kids, and you, you look at all these behavioral problems and you know all the shit that's going on with these kids today we're talking about the vaccines and the yeah the vaccines are just i mean every, well, that was proven though the autistic thing was proven fraudulent yeah no i don't mean autistic but there's no way you could tell me that shooting mercury into a kid is not going to have ill effects on their immune system or or anything else it's a fucking toxic it's it's a toxic substance <laughs> and and if you really look into all the rest of the stuff that they're putting in those vaccines the the people that you know the funny thing was i forget who uh, i had just heard somebody's podcast and they were like the people that own those companies and the higher ups of the pharmaceutical companies they get the clean vaccines they get the vaccines that don't have all the uh preservatives and all the rest of the shit in it that they're giving out to the masses and that's because you know, they're pushing this shit on people. And I, I don't know. That's my personal opinion. I, I, you know, there's been a lot of studies, too, with Gary Knoll and the rest of the whole crew about the toxicity levels of those vaccines. And It's, it's, it's fascinating about diet. I know this from personal yeah. experience. My grandfather's 90, and he had a bad heart thing happen. He's a very healthy man. And he went, his doctor was Indian, and he said, your problem is diet. And his heart condition was so severe he couldn't walk eight feet hmm. changed his diet completely went hardcore full-on vegan and now he can play nine holes of golf yeah and move Forks around. over knives man my friend did that movie it just proved it too and that's you know that's the thing that's scaring these people the worst and getting back to monsanto you know everyone that lined up to fucking vote for obama and all this shit all the politicians are corrupt 
And the fact of the matter is, if this dude was really looking out for the health of Americans, what the fuck is he appointing Michael Taylor as the food safeties are? First of all, creating that cabinet oh, yeah. position in his first administration, the food safeties are of America under the FDA, and then appointing Michael Taylor as the food safeties are of America. That motherfucker is Monsanto's patent attorney. Mm-hmm. Fucking, there's been, there's been a revolving door policy between the FDA and high levels of... Uh, in the government and Monsanto and the pharmaceutical companies, which is, you know, segueing back to my book, that's all discussed in the book and listing those exact people that have done that. There's been a slew of people, even Hillary Clinton. All these motherfuckers have been having positions in Monsanto and and then government positions to push to push their agenda on people. Do so you have like a whole chapter of the book devoted to how the corporate structure works? Yes. Absolutely. That's it's called insane. We the People versus Big Pharma. And then I got a, a, ch- a whole chapter on Monsanto listing names, the yeah. salaries of the top 10 fucking CEOs of the drug companies. I mean, I think I read one statistic in 2009, like the uh, like five of the fucking top uh, pharmaceutical companies outgrossed the whole fucking like 30 companies on the NASDAQ. Like the amount of money these guys are making is that's why they want to keep healthcare and the rest of this, the, the, this, this system of medicine exactly the way it is. You know, you're treating a disease by pumping fucking tons of toxins into it. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I try to just stand up and, and, and tell people what the real truth is and even this guy comes on my page a monsanto scientist oh all your studies are flawed i'm like motherfucker all your studies are fucking uh, are even even the so-called studies of this government are backed and paid for by the same companies that we're supposed to be investigating monsanto's own scientists if you did uh any research or read uh, you know jeffrey smith's book genetic roulette the dangers of GMOs and all that stuff, and then his documentary. It, it's like those the studies that prove that that shit's poisonous and dangerous and endocrine disruptors and everything else is the scientists and the doctors who have nothing to do with those companies. And the ones who are all saying, oh, yeah, it's like, what's the agenda that they're telling you it's safe? They don't feed it to their kids. Monsanto is in St. Louis, and I just played there, and... The dude, this dude I know comes up and is like, yo, my wife works there. And guess what? They don't serve GMOs in the fucking in the uh, executive cafeteria. So they don't eat it. Obama don't eat it. Obama's got an organic garden. But yet it's OK for him to ban re- the rest of America from knowing what the fuck's going into their food. You know, so this scientist is like debating me, you know, for fucking two days and he's like telling me Roundup is safe and all this shit. I'm like, motherfucker, you're the same people that told people dioxins and 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 all the rest of this shit and Agent Orange and everything else. You had people spraying shit on, you know, DDT on their clothes in the 50s and all this shit. It's like, you know, Monsanto com- is a chemical company. Yes. Let's get fucking real. <laughs> you got a uh, people who make 
poisonous, toxic chemicals making your food. And that's why their whole agenda is to sell more chemicals, not to save the world, because all that shit's being, the pants are being pulled down on that shit. They're not having bigger crop yields. They're enslaving the farmers in India with this BT cotton and and all the rest of the shit. What's that? That's this cotton that they grow in India, but the farmers are all having to commit suicide because they're so indebted because you can only use the the, 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 the chemicals and the pesticides that Monsanto gives you and you have to pay for those uh, in order for the, for those seeds to work. Doesn't Monsanto also do something crazy? Like I read that uh, round, Roundup is the best thing Monsanto ever came up with. Well, guess what? Because it, can, because it kills things. That's what it's designed yeah. to do. But now they try to regrow... Now they try to make other plants resistant to the thing. That, it's a weed killer, resistant to kill, resistant to their product, so they can well, yeah, make it not round, work and then make a new it's one. It's called Roundup Ready, but uh, you know they, where they're even putting Roundup inside the seeds. They have Terminator technology that that plant will only grow one seed. You can't save seed. What the fuck? It's like, yo, farmers have been saving seeds for tens and thousands of years. So now what's re- what's going on, too, is the Roundup is the, you know, these, the, you know, the, the insects, the bugs, the plant parasites, all this shit. They, nature evolves to get around whatever the fuck you throw at it. So now the level, they've had to come out with this, like, pesticide now that's, like, ten times more toxic than Roundup. And if you look at the amount of pesticides, which I also list in the new book, it's hundreds and millions of tons more pesticides being sprayed into the environment. They're using chemtrails now to control seeds germinating. They came out with an aluminum-resistant seed. Everybody look up at them planes that everybody thinks that that shit is all vapor trails coming out of planes. Vapor trails don't spread out all over the fucking sky. And you're using right now, Hawaiian Islands are ground zero for the fucking testing of chemtrails and controlling seeds and everything like that because it's a controlled environment. There's no outside uh, influence coming from anywhere. My friend knows all these organic farmers over there. And basically what they're doing is bombarding uh, the Hawaiian Islands with uh, chemtrails, aluminum, Mm. aluminum, oxide, barium, strontium, changes the pH of the soil. So it's so acidic that the only thing that will grow are seeds that are genetically modified to resist what they're spraying. So in other words, they're wiping out organic farming. That's how they're controlling, like Kissinger said, control the oil, you control the masses, control the food, you control. Control the oil, you control nations, control the food, you control the people. And that's what's going on. And that's why these freedom fighters in Africa are resisting the shill Bill Gates who's trying to go in there with Monsanto now in the guise of philanthropy and say, oh, we could feed you starving masses. That's not what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is take the only country in Africa right now, in the continent, that allows GMOs... Uh, is South Africa. And, you know, 
Monsanto has now hired XC Services, which is uh, XC Services is a division of uh, Blackwater. So they oh. infiltrate these groups. One guy came up. If you watch Jeffrey Smith's documentary, one of these guys came up to this person in South Africa that had an anti-GMO meeting and handed him a piece of paper with the guy's address on it. Like, we know where the fuck you live. You better watch what the fuck you say threatening the guy. It's like big tobacco, but for food. It is. And no and nobody's paying attention. Why is all these diseases coming? These autoimmune diseases, all these fucking allergies, all of this shit. You keep eating that food, you just, you know. Do you have allergies? No, none. No. none. And you, and you, how, how, what, what started you on this path? Bad of- brains. I worked for the bad brains yep. in 1980. And uh, while I was in the Navy, I met them. I went AWOL hmm. down, you know, lived with Henry and fucking Ian and then... After like two weeks of eating all their food, Henry's like, you got to get the fuck out. (laughs) So I hitched a ride with the undead back to New York. First people I meet getting out of the van after meeting the Bad Brains in Norfolk and D.C. was HR. So they gave me a job and their sound man was a raw foodist, J.W. Lee, who produced their uh, album. The first raw cassette. And then they were like, you come out on the road with us. You can't eat meat and you can't do drugs. So just being around J.W. Lee really was the dude who had most of the knowledge, and he turned me on to, like, Survival into the 21st Century by Victorious Kovinskis, and then I started working uh, in Integral Yoga Institute on 13th Street, and then, like, going to, I saw, you know, met him and Victorious and, and Ann Wigmore and just got real into the raw food thing, you know, and then, I mean, I've... Did you inspire Ian? Was that you? I, remember I mean, I always told him, you ain't fucking straight edge. Look at all the drugs you're eating and the fucking meat and the Coca-Cola and everything else. That's not straight edge. But the funny thing was when Fugazi played the Palladium, I think in 97, before it closed down, they did the two nights, May 2nd and 3rd. Mm-hmm. I ran into Ian on the street and he's like, yo, I'm vegan now. And we, I, you know, went to An- Angelica <laughs> Kitchen. Ian's a great dude, man. I like that brother. We've had Lyle in here before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had Norman from Texas as a reason, and yeah. he talked about he was drawn to Krishna because they gave away free food. Yeah. He just wanted, yeah, yeah that's what like, got know, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> hardcore, hardcore here on the street. Your story, man. It's, I mean, it's it's inspiring, and it's just, you know, as someone who's now a parent, just you know, it's like uh, I'm sad for the way you grew up. You're here in your book and 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 going through it, and it's like I don't mean to, you know. Uh, desensitize it, but it's just like as, I'm, as I was because I would listen to it on the train. Jonah was like, "You got to hear this audiobook. Like the book is amazing." So I spent a lot of time on the train, and I was listening to it. I remember just backwards and forwards listening to to what you went through and what you've overcome. Do you think that's what inspired you to be, you know, the activist that you are now? I mean, you know, that's come more over the years as I've lost my my. What I've decided to do is because of all the people that I've lost to this shit. It's it's out of anger and the suppression of the message that I do what I do. I mean, as far as my childhood, like I wouldn't trade a fucking one day of eating fucking Oreo spit sandwiches or being starved or getting my ass kicked for anything because I'm like, yo, that that kind of gave me you know through adversity comes character and i mean even these days I, I i i work with a lot of kids and mentor kids from fucking covenant house and you know do i did a charity a triathlon for them uh you know so and i go to the jails and the lockups and talk to kids because i've been there you know i was locked up i grew up on the streets 
You know, it's like, for me, I'm like, I wouldn't, you know, trade my experiences for anything, man, because, like, pff, uh, you know, well, and maybe. I don't sit, and I don't ever sit and rest on my laurels, like, looking, I'm never looking back. I'm always looking ahead. I'm like, what's next? What the fuck? I'm writing a movie. I'm doing a TV show. I got fucking another book coming. I got four Ironmans in 2014. I, I'm always, you know, working on a new Chromag uh, EP. We're going to put something out. So it's always moving ahead, moving ahead, moving ahead. And that's what I try to show people, you know. You got to understand mistakes you made in the past. But there's nothing I could do. That childhood was forced upon me. I didn't ask for it. You know, my mother uh, didn't have the best taste in men. So, uh, you know, I had to go through what I went through. But I don't have any regrets for any of it you know it's made me a stronger person and uh and one that has compassion to other people's suffering as well and then reading Srila Prabhupada's books that's what just set off the whole thing once I got that once I got that knowledge I was just like yo pff, you know that's really what it's all about is you know the compassion that's why he came across two sh two you know at at almost you know 80 years old crossed two oceans when all the other swamis just stayed in india or moved up to park avenue in the laps of luxury he came down to the bowery that's why you know Guys like, uh, you know, Allen Ginsberg and the rest of them helped him out because he was the real deal. He slept on the floor. He fed everybody before he took a grain of rice. And he came to help other people, not to take. He came to give. He came out of compassion. So I just, you know, Acharya is one who leads by example, and that's what he did. And that's why I try to just, you know, adhere to that philosophy. It's not religion. It's actually, you know, it's not some dogmatic religion. If anyone actually reads the Vedas, the Sanskrit's the oldest language in the world. That's where all yoga comes from these teachings, from the Vedic teachings. And that's what attracted me to it was, you know, the material world sucks, whether you're a fucking multimillionaire or you're a fucking bum on the Bowery. It sucks for everybody. So that's what First time I heard anybody say, like, yo, the goal is to get out of the material world, you know, so that's, you know. Do you meditate? Yeah, every day. Chant, meditate. As soon as my eyes open, that's what that's what I'm doing, man. I got, my sadhana means, like, you practice every day. You know that Sanskrit word, obviously. So every day I wake up, say my mantras as soon as my eyes open. Then I'm, I'm writing, I'm you know, doing my yoga, uh, training, you know, doing whatever I got to do, interview, you know, it's just, my day is just full, man. I got, you know, another book now and. So you, you write another book, right? Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just constantly, I got about fucking 10 projects going. My film, I adapted evolution of a crow magnum, but I only adapted one piece of it and kept it real punk it's punk rock like a motherfucker but i got signed to icm now and uh you know there's a huge uh film company which i don't want to say who it is but they're very much interested in the film and they're actually out looking for directors right now and so it's moving your ahead. life story is a film well it's a piece of my life story it's it's it it, it it's confront you know it's really it's it's a, it's a it's a story of love between me by between a son and the mother. So that's really what it's about. And 
that's the aspect that I chose to pick in this and being on the streets and all the crazy shit that went down with the angel dust motherfuckers and, you know, the dope and everything. And, you know, so that little sliver is there and there's going to be a comedy coming out of it. I mean, you know, it's one writer. He's big time guy and he's like man he read the book he's like there's fucking five movies in here and three tv shows so you know i just keep working keep writing keep busy keep in the gym keep training keep helping people i I help with a a plant-based food program for the homeless at Tompkins square park you know whatever i could do i I try to do you know when i was in high school i was i I had this amazing memory i was 15, maybe 16. It was at my locker. Well, I was at my friend's locker. And I'd just gone out and bought Appetite for Destruction on cassette. And I thought I was like, all right, on. This would be great. Great album. It's a great record. And I yelled down to this guy who eventually became my best friend from high school. He's still, still one of my best friends in the world. And he was the music guy. People, like, he got me into all these, all these bands later when we joined a band together. But at this time, I saw him and I was like, oh, he's, he's a cool guy. He knows music. And I went, hey, man, what do you think of this? And I held this cassette and he went, no way, man. It's all about this. And he pulls Age of Coral <laughs> on vinyl out of his locker and holds it right up to me. He's like, Chromax, man. This is where it's at. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> that's the remastered Age of Coral. Holy man. shit. Holy Since shit. you got the hoodie, he no, gets it's three oh. hidden tracks from Don Fury, which no. Mackie found the tapes. So we put that on there and remastered it and like, you know, so yeah. Bert, and there's new Bert, photos that you. were never released, and you know, this is amazing. Yeah, so. where'd you find them? They just like the tracks, they, the tapes. Yeah, we 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 got hold of the fucking the tapes, and uh, went to I forget with that big mastering place in the Chelsea market over there that everybody goes. Oh, to. West West Side, or is it? No, no, uh, forget the name of it. Sterling. Okay, we did it at. And uh yeah, so fucking and we you know, we 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 don't really fucking sell those. We just give them out and shit. Oh. Most of the shit I always get yelled at for fucking giving out too many t shirts and whatever <laughs> the fuck. But you know what? I don't care. It's you know What's the story with Chromax right now? I mean, you know, we're doing our thing. It's me, Mackie, and Craig Satari from Sick of It All plays bass and aj's been in the band for 20 years from leeway so you know we don't like i said we all got other shit going on so it's not like we're we're fucking beating it into the ground we do like we just did fun 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 festival maybe la once a year new york once a year maybe twice a year europe once you know just it's a big part of your life but it's not your life it's a big part of my life because you know i i love it but like you know, you get all these douchebags coming on, like, yeah, you didn't do it for the fucking money. Well, I turned down a shitload of money to do the reunion with whatever because I've already been down that road. And when people just have bad intentions and they're doing shit just for the money, I'm not interested in that. I turned all of that down. I, I don't do this for the money. I do it because of what the music means to me, going out with my friends on the road, having fun. You know, I don't even call them fans. It's like our friends that we've been friends with for fucking years and then new kids coming out. And, you know, I got other ways to make money. I just signed a huge book deal. It's like I got a film selling. I mean, I don't need to do this shit 
uh, walking tours, whatever the fuck I'm doing to make money. And it's like the last thing I need to do is travel all over the place. And I mean, we offer our shows really for next to nothing. Like, compared to what some of these bands ask these days that, you know, after, like, you know, 20 years of walking away from punk hardcore, like, having a midlife crisis and coming back to do their fucking reunions, you know, and, like, asking for exorbitant amounts of money, I'm like, fuck you. And then they suck when you go fucking see them. Although Flag does not suck, I have to say that. I saw them Flag's at the good. Garden, and they, I mean, at uh, Irving Plaza, and they fucking killed it. With those players, how could it not? Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, you know, it's, and Keith is just into it for the right reasons, mm. man. We we played over in Europe with Off, and I, I just love that dude, you know. And Off I, is I, I was at uh, Black Flag 1980 at Irving Plaza in 81, Circle Jerk, seeing all these bands, Dead Kennedys. So, I mean, you know, for bands to go on and do shit like, you know, the Dead Kennedys without Cello Biafra, it's just like... You know, would I go see that band? Hell no. I saw the I saw an ad for that show and I got so excited. And then I went online. I was like, oh, the Jello's not in it. Yeah. What I remember a long time ago, not a couple years ago on YouTube, seeing this urban fitness Cro-Mag, thing. Urban Cro-Mag. Yeah. Is anything happening with that? Well, you know, that was like. Again, you had your fucking haters talking shit. Oh, it's through fucking Nike. Well, guess what? Nike allowed me to use their space on the Bowery to come in and train people for free. They offered to pay me. I said, no. I said, give me that $400 you're going to give me. Let's buy all superfoods and make shakes and, and food for everybody for after the workout. And all my friends, I had special forces guys come in, train people, jiu-jitsu, uh, world-class Ironman, Brendan Brazier came in, all kinds of different people offering their time to help people to get fit. And you still got your fucking hater douchebags that go online, all these fucking cowards that would never say shit to your fucking face, they're little fucking mouses when you see them. Oh, Nike, they do this, they do that. Motherfucker, how many fucking products do you buy that the companies are are exploiting fucking people you know give me a fucking break i didn't take money from nike and what i did take i purified it and turned around and offered that money to help other fucking people so i just say fuck you there's always going to be some negative assholes that's out there talking shit when you try to do anything to help people or whatever there's always going to be some fucking crow trying to spread garbage on the internet because it's a bunch of little commando keyboard fucking chumps out there now that just talk shit online. And I have nothing to do with that. People are like, oh, you hear what this dude said? This guy said he'll kick your... I'm like, yeah, well, guess what? Motherfuckers <laughs> know where I live. I've, you know, approached that offline away from the computer and been like... If you got a problem with me, we'll go to the East River and take care of it. Well, I'm still waiting for my cell phone to ring. <laughs> so all of that bullshit, posturing and, and a whole big fucking show, I'm not, I'm not into that. And that's what the Cro-Mag urban workout thing was. It started out me doing bridge runs and everybody with people. And then Nike got a wind of that. And they were like, yo, so I did probably like... I don't know, eight or ten workouts at their gallery space over there. And the dudes were just mad cool. And, uh, you know, and I'm probably going to do something in the spring. But, 
You know, I got an Ironman in March, May, August, and November. So do you my, do CrossFit? I do a little bit of it through my trainer, but, you know, it's uh, a lot of that stuff's good. I do the battling ropes and the kettlebells and, you know, a lot of the CrossFit stuff, lifting shit up and I lift things up and put them <laughs> down. What's the training period like for an Ironman? I've done it some marathons, but is it like a couple months or four months? Oh, yeah, I'm like four months out. Okay. I mean, it's not like I've been on the bike and the swim. Only thing I slacked off a little was the swimming, but I mean, I just got off the plane from Austin Tuesday night or whatever, and I got off the plane, went home, stretched out, and ran a half marathon. So I'm not, you know ever in a position where i'm like holy shit you know crash training and like i said with my trainer now we doing a lot of corrective stuff i had a lot of injuries over the years fucking doing this stupid shit that stupid shit so like you know but yeah i'm four months out i pay attention to my diet like i said i'm about 75 80 percent raw juicing i'm at juice press every fucking day Fucking, you know, doing shit at my house, juicing, eating at Angelic. It's just very clean. Candle 79, Quintessence, even Jiva Mukti Cafe. I'm at a lot. So, you know, I mean, you really have to step it up. So, like, the first month I'll really, like, now I'm concentrating on uh, a lot of the corrective exercises, muscle activation and, you know, stuff like that with... My NASM dude, but simultaneously riding, getting back in the pool next week. Swimming's a big part of your workout? What? Swimming? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, my swim in New York, I did the 2.4 in in 52 minutes. Then I went to Cabo, and when I did that race, I got kicked in the fucking face. My nose got busted up, fucking leaking all over the place. And then dudes were panicking, so everyone's grabbing your fucking wetsuit trying to pull by you. They shredded my wetsuit filled with water. So I did like a 118 on the swim down there. But yeah, man, the swimming is, you know, I just like it. It's meditative. You're in the fucking water. I mean, I hate, I don't really like swimming in pools, but I'll, I do it because whatever. But this year I'm looking to go to Miami and you know go to warmer places so i can i like i like open water swimming you know are all What's the are, are all the ironman stuff you said you did that one for charity or is all of it for charity? yeah uh, well i did uh i did uh, car, uh i did new york for charity and i did the i did the new york ironman and the new york uh triathlon for charity cabo i just got in that race but I'm doing Panama, Florida, the Florida Ironman. That's going to be for uh, children, brain tumors and stuff to help their family, like, you know, pay for whatever. Even though, whatever, you know, when a kid gets a fucking tumor, that's a fucked up thing. And, you know, families have to move their whole, you know, houses or whatever to help to be close to where the child gets the treatment. So I'm going to race for them and... Uh, I'm doing uh, Cabo for myself, and uh, what else? I got uh, Texas I'm doing 
and that's going to be a hot one, May 20-something. So when the band plays, is it just like, you know, one-offs here and there, or is it just when you want no, to? No, we go and do like a week here, a week there. We'll go to Europe and do 10 shows, but, you know, everyone says, oh, yeah. I, they, I was like, yeah, I do the Ironmans to keep in shape for the Cro-Mags, because, you know. <laughs> Actually, I did my first Ironman was New York, and we played Philly the night before, some big-ass uh, show, and then I uh, got in the van, uh, got in my brother's car, drove back to New York, didn't even sleep, took a shower and went and fucking did the Iron Man while no sleep, not a fucking wink of sleep. And played a show the night before with my fucking dude storming the stage, punching you in the face. and Still? You know, yeah. It's fucking wild. Shows are buck wild, man. <laughs> I mean, we just did the big fun, fun, fun festival with, you know... The big barricade shit. That's not what I like, man. I like a club with five hundred, a thousand motherfuckers in that shit, just going ape shit, loud, coming on the stage. It's just part of the show, you know. Definitely. What's your sleep regimen like? Because I know sleep's really important for recovery, but it seems like you have so much going on. Do you try to get a set amount every night? Yeah, at least six hours. But I let my body dictate to me how much sleep I need because I don't drink coffee, so I don't do you know drugs i'm not drinking so like and i try not to eat late at night so my body says shut down it shuts down and then i wake up fully recovered you know i learned a lot about cortisol levels on distress stress of diet and stress of sleep that's a stress hormone so and it really kind of fucks with your training and recovery so brendan brazier taught me a lot about that and I'm careful about, you know, sleeping, you know, but I let my body dictate like today I got up, you know, I had taken a nap yesterday for like 90 minutes. So then like I got up after like five hours of sleep at 530 in the morning, but I was like, I'm not tired. All right, get the fuck out of bed. Let's go. <laughs> Started writing, you know, <laughs> so, you know, but yes, I mean, you know, I sleep. I recover, but I'm not amped up on artificial preservatives and sugar and all this other shit. So all these people that have sleep disorders, man, if they I told somebody that the other day, I'm like, dude, you're eating at 10 o'clock at night. You're fucking taking caffeine. You're doing all this other shit with sugar in it and everything else. When you're trying to sleep, your body's up still trying to digest all that food. So... You know, if you work out hard and you eat right and take care of yourself, man, by the time you hit the fucking pillow at night, man, you're out. I don't lay there going counting sheep. I'm like fucking, I pass out in like fucking 30 seconds. Conk. So you don't, do you, where do you stand on like supplements and vitamins and that stuff? Just get it out of your food or do you take yeah, stuff Yeah, but also? you know, I, I do a raw food supplement, you know, and I take E3 Live. There's a lot of stuff that I also supplement. My diet with, you know, chlorella, spirulina. I mean, you know, I do a lot of that other stuff, too, because, you know, but I do get a lot out of the food, too. So, you know, so I'm I, I'm notorious for I'm, I'm one of the people you you talk to because I have a terrible diet and I'm terrible with food. And I am. Um, uh, but I'm a big like I, my mom's from the south. So I grew up with sweet tea and candy and I'm still that way. Like I like candy. What, and you don't eat a lot of sugar. What do you have? Like, is there 
I don't know, dare I say desserts, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I eat at Angelica's. Their desserts are done with maple syrup or whatever, agave mm-hmm. and some stuff. And Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like you got to suffer. That's my <laughs> problem with, like, a lot of these health food advocates and plant-based advocates. It's like their fucking balls are so fucking wound tight. I'm like, dude, loosen the fuck up. Like, it's all right. You know, go eat a fucking vegan spring roll or whatever the fuck like you know it's like you can't be all like anal about shit man and i mean i take care of myself and to me i use everything as like a laboratory in my body and stuff so i'm like you know for instance five years ago whatever was the last time i ate at red bamboo and i wasn't even eating there prior to that but it was my nephew's birthday and he likes all that stuff and i was like where do you want to go he's like red bamboo and i was like oh man all right so i went there and i had some shit and like the next day it was just like headache so you just know man when when you clean your when you clean up man you just when you push shit like that in your system it's just you know you just feel it you know oil sugar salt all this it's just not you know and that's my thing i don't try to push that mm-hmm. i would rather people eat red bamboo than to eat at mcdonald's so they're the these companies are the ones that are destroying the fucking environment. Like the research I've done, even on the CAFOs, the concentrated animal feeding operations. Before BP ever spilt all that oil in the Gulf, there was a fucking dead zone in the Gulf the size of fucking New Jersey because of all the runoff from the CAFO, from the slaughterhouses and the CAFOs and the pesticides of all of this conventional farming. It ends up in the Mississippi and drains into the Gulf. So all of the nitrogen, all of those pesticides, all of that shit has killed everything in the Gulf of Mexico. And before that oil spill, they found a dead zone, complete death, nothing living, nothing, the size of New Jersey. So anybody who's talking about green and this and that, if you support those industries, you need to shut the fuck up. All these celebrities... You know, they go to their fucking fundraisers for the environment and eat a fucking $500 Kobe beef fucking steak. It's like, dude, you should just shut up because you don't know what you're talking about. And that's what's going on in the third world countries now. We're tearing down land all over Africa and the fucking rainforest and all these third world countries to graze animals. And... That's what's really going on because, you know, like I said, you know, a hundred years ago, whatever, people ate, believe it or not, the diseases that we're suffering now, gout and all this other shit, was a disease of the rich. Only the rich could afford to eat. If you look at the research from Forks Over Knives, and they, they give this great statistic of when the Nazis conquered all over fucking Europe and everywhere and they took control of all the meat. So the people had to survive primarily off of vegetables. And through that period that Hitler did all that shit, all the disease dropped. Heart disease, a lot of disease uh, caused from a meat-based diet dropped. And the minute that he was killed and the Nazis got their asses kicked, all of those diseases went back up because people once again started eating a meat-centered diet. But mainly cultures that have the, in the blue zones around the planet that have the longest 
uh, longevity, they they barely they maybe once a week they'll eat a piece of meat. The primary thing of their whole diet is is greens and plants and and grains, and an occasional piece of fish or a piece of meat maybe once in a while. Not every fucking day, three times. Three times a fucking day, yamming down all this shit. And if you look at the history, you know, since the 50s, when we really started on this whole trip, the 40s and 50s, and you look as this meat and dairy and all of this other shit, and that's why they need CAFOs, because how the fuck are you going to feed all these people that are eating meat in America now? It's all this free range and all this bullshit. That's a bunch of fucking bullshit. That's not a diet that's sustainable for this planet. So that's why it just makes sense, man. Going plant-based makes sense on so many levels. For your own health, for the environment, what to speak of what we're doing to these to these animals. Most people don't give a fuck about that. So I don't really get into that too much in the book because but when you prove that you're being fucking deliberately poisoned and, you know, these guys are shooting recumbent bovine growth hormone into yeah. the animals, which is banned in every fucking country around the world except for America because, uh, you know, of who owned it. Monsanto uh, uh, sold it, the patent, which people don't really know. They sold it to Eli Lilly. And it's been proven that RBGH causes pancreatic cancer cells in men and breast cancer cells in women. Okay, and it's banned everywhere around the world. Well, guess what? Guess what drugs Eli Lilly makes? Drugs for pancreatic cancer and breast cancer. So they're giving you the the recumbent bovine growth hormone. Then they're turning around, capitalizing on the fact that they're selling you the fucking drugs for the diseases that they caused. So you must see like the food pyramid in a school and just get mad. Well... I actually work with uh, with the Healthy School Lunch Program here in New York and Candle 79 and all these doctors uh, go into the schools. Did you see the first school in America, PS244 in Flushing, to go vegetarian? Like, you know, I'm involved with feeding these kids healthy meals in the schools. And through Candle 79, uh, Joy and Bart, who own Candle 79, donate organic produce to these kids. Look... Pesticides and herbicides, especially pesticides, do you know how they kill fucking bugs? They attack this. In certain instances now, Monsanto has a genetic marker that when the bug eats it, their fucking stomach explodes. But for the most part, most of their pesticides attack the central nervous system of insects, and that's how they kill them. So you want your kids eating that? Do you want your kids eating pesticides that are so toxic and are going to affect your kids' uh, central nervous system? That's why I tell people, always avoid the dirty dozen, the most heavily sprayed foods. If you Google that, it's like potatoes, green peppers. There's, there's, there's a dozen uh, strawberries that have the highest levels of pesticide use. Um, and you should never feed those to your kids. And all, those little stickers on the fruits and vegetables actually mean something. You see the barcode. So when you see, you know, when you see a four or a nine or an eight, a four is conventional. Eight is genetically modified and nine is organic. So I say ignore the four, hate the eight. And dying on the nine, man, that's how you remember, you know, it's, it's simple. 
You know, and organic produce just tastes better. And everyone's, then you get your crows. Oh, yeah, well, you know, that's a big fucking scam, too. But I buy local organic, man. I talk to the farmers. I go to the farmer's market. The guys at commodities where I shop in the east uh, side, you know, know the farmers they're buying the stuff from. So it's like, you know, they're not going to cheat and pay a half a million dollars for an organic certification and then sell you fucking bullshit and then lose their whole farm and credibility because there's restaurants that are going under now because they claim to be selling organic and they got caught several times scamming people in Manhattan. There was a story once about a, a, uh, it was a restaurant in the Midwest that got in trouble because they were serving farm fresh eggs and it didn't meet the pasteurization standards but it was more it was it was organic basically you know what i mean so it's like it's this weird well they're doing that with the raw milk too you know they're going after the people but i try to just me myself personally i avoid dairy and all that stuff because like you know i i have i you know it gives me fucking allergies not allergies but like you know i was getting a lot of ear infections cuz living at the christian temple they when i lived there it was a heavy dairy based you know and as i got older i just phased all that out because i just it doesn't agree with me did harper collins give any pushback for the title of your book no they love it they fucking they love that <laughs> shit that's amazing. Let's say we lived in like a way better world where like Obama would maybe assign you to his cabinet and be like, John, can you fix this? What would you kind of go in and do first? Hire a team of fucking uh, mercenaries because they'd be trying to kill my ass. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Uh, I would never want that job, man. Yeah. So that's like such a hypothetical statement, but. You know, I mean, have you ever thought about getting into politics or anything? Or not no at way, all, man. Yeah, don't want to be involved in that. I don't think politics solve anything. I think people awakening their consciousness. That's why I got into Prabhupada because it basically what he was saying was, you know, here's a great analogy. You know, the prisoner is not. So is every day the prison is thinking, let me get the fuck out of this prison. He's not trying to make the prison a nice place for him to live forever. So that's my philosophy is there's always going to be corruption. It's the material world. People, people have the tendency to cheat. They make mistakes, imperfect senses, and they're illusioned. So everybody put their faith. You know, when you see a half a million fucking Germans crying in the street, you know, Obama, it's the second coming of Christ or some shit. Watch the fuck out. And he pulled the wool over everybody's fucking eyes, man, with all of his shit that he's been getting away with. I'm going to have the most transparent fucking presidency and cabinet. Bullshit. He gave all those motherfuckers bailouts. No one ever accounted for all that money he gave the banks. The drones, on and on and on and on and on. And he just keeps getting away with it. Because people are too scared to call him on his bullshit because you get labeled a fucking racist if you're not for Obama. Fuck Obama and fuck every other fucking politician because the only ones that fucking really speak any kind of truth at all, they get immediately ostracized and and called conspiracy theorists and everything else. But 
when you look at the whole Federal Reserve system in this country and follow that back and read a book called the the the, the um um what was it um the creature of Jekyll Island about how they created the Federal Reserve and the tax system in this country and w- and who owns the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is owned by fucking bankers. Yeah, it's not. It's not it's a government. It's not a fucking it. government. No. Actually, that was one of the last things Bush did before he left cabinet. He created an amendment to the Constitution that now claims that the Federal Reserve is part of the United States government. But the Federal Reserve, all the debt of the Federal Reserve gets paid to the Bank of England. Okay, people don't know this shit. People don't know where these tax codes come from. The 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 personal income tax is an illegal, it's a fucking slave tax. And the people they did that shit to sell war bonds and then they just kept doing it. But the Federal Reserve is behind all these false flag fucking wars and all this shit because we have to borrow money from them to go to war. So it's natural that we just stay at war. Perpetual fucking war. When the fuck are we going to get a break? When is there not going to be a war in this fucking country? But because war is fucking money. And the, and the bankers, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, the Rockefellers, all these motherfuckers who own the Federal Reserve, that's their agenda, is to keep us in stay at the secret meeting. If you watch Aaron Russo, the late Aaron Russo's documentary, America, Freedom to Fascism, watch the documentary and learn the history of how they set up the Federal Reserve. It's fucking, it's complete, complete fucking crimes against people in this country that they are taking the fucking money that you work for and then they're giving all the corporations tax breaks. The corporations are the ones who are supposed to be paying the taxes. When you buy something, you're paying a tax. Your personal income was never supposed to be taxed and they've been getting away with it since 1916. Mm-hmm. And if you watch that movie, man, the veil will be fucking lifted. So for me to get involved, you know, now they're even creating it. So like getting off the grid is a fucking crime. Like, you know, they're trying to tell you, oh, your your well is illegal. It's 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 a half a million dollars to do to bring it up to code and, and spraying fucking chemtrails. So you can't even grow your fruits and fucking vegetables. Shit is getting ready to hit the fan in this country because they stole so much money out of this country. This country's fucking broke. And they got their opium for the people motherfuckers sitting in there. You know, and you just watch him. Every time he talks, he's handled by Brzezinski of Bilderberg. No one knows that. He's been hand-fucking-crafted and taught how to speak and everything. Watch him. When you watch this dude speak and just turn off the volume, all his gestures, it's like... Everything's so cool. It's just, you know, it's like Lottie fucking dies so nonchalant about everything. But meanwhile, it's fucking total chaos. What's what really is existing behind the veil that they've created. And if you watch the Obama deception before he even got into cabinet, I knew the motherfucker was a hoax from just who he was appointing. He appointed the worst people from the Bush and the Clinton cabinets. So how the fuck do you put all of those corrupt motherfuckers from the Federal Reserve and Goldman Sachs and everything, you put bankers in charge of running the fucking finances of this country, the same ones that ripped us off. And and it just goes on and on and on. And he just uses the military... 
for as 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 the fucking watchdogs to go all over and implement their policies all over the Middle East. And all these countries that are getting stormed into now, none of them had a central banking system. That's why they went after homeboy down in motherfucking, um, in, uh, what's his name, Chavez and everybody else, and, oh, yeah. and pulled all that shit. Watch Oliver Stone's movie, his documentary called South of the Border, because their whole job was to enslave South America. So he paid off all of the debt and told them, don't borrow any more money from uh, from the World Bank or the IMF. They're enslaving you in debt that you're never going to get out of. And he paid off all their fucking loans. And that's why they went after him. The bankers, that's why, you know, they got all this shit so about Chavez, Kennedy now. Chavez, he did all that? Hell yeah. yeah. And that's why they went after Kennedy. Kennedy's father said he passed Executive Order 11110. And that was to stop the Federal Reserve from printing money. When the Federal Reserve prints a $5 bill, they charge this country face value for that bill. That's the amount of debt that these motherfuckers are putting us in. He and he said, "Let's go back to the silver, the gold standard, and the silver standard." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he passed that executive order, within five months, his father said, "They're going to kill you for this." Within five months, he was fucking dead after passing that executive order, and also wanting to pull people out of Vietnam. Uh, you know. And that's money to the Federal Reserve. So that's why they went at the the fucking bankers fucking killed. That was an assassination by those motherfuckers. And if you look right after they canceled that executive order, the minute, uh, what was it, Johnson? Who who took over from Kennedy? Oh, Johnson, yeah. Yeah. The first thing he did was cancel out executive order 11110 and go back to the Federal Reserve printing the money, and they pulled all of those silver certificates out of circulation that Kennedy put into circulation. Do you know the, uh, the story behind uh, the writing of The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a satire against uh, the devaluation of the gold standard. They weren't glass slippers. They were gold slippers. And the yeah, flight of the I, farmer really. was the scarecrow. And um, Dorothy lives in Kansas. There's a reason for that. And she gets swept away to a land that has the city where all the money is and all the other people. Yeah, that was a whole, you know, the little people. It was a whole fucking it's allegoric to kind of tell a fucking real deep philosophy thing about about what the fuck is going on. You know, you have to unplug from the fucking Matrix, man. John Joseph, everyone, the man. It's, what's weird is I know a lot of people who've done stuff with John Joseph, and everyone's like, just the coolest. And I, I mean, I have a text, many texts from him on my phone that I just love having. One is just, bro, what size shirt are you? Just cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's a real deal, man. Now, one thing I have to mention, though, he talks about the flu shot. And why would you give your kid a flu shot with that much mercury? Uh, that concerned me because I've gotten the flu shot. My kids get the flu shot. Uh, did some digging. Talk to a doctor, talk to some preschool teachers. There is no more mercury in flu shots. Uh, the reason being because of this outcry. And the main reason is a lot of pregnant women get the flu shot as well. You can't have mercury in it. You are going to find more mercury if you eat a swordfish steak than you would get in of having the flu shot. That so, sounds good. Just want, It does sound delicious. Uh, Can I eat a swordfish steak instead of getting a flu shot? No. Hmm, no. Okay. Well, the mercury doesn't do anything. It's a, the mercury was a, was a preservative to keep it in. Oh, I see. What's interesting about talking about vaccines and things of that nature is, you know, if you read the ingredients of anything, 
um, you know, it's like acceptable rat feces in bottled water. Like it's, you know, there's, that's what the FDA does. There's right. quote unquote acceptable levels. Right. Some of it's shady, some of it's not. But the thing is when you're trying something that's not FDA tested, it's like the, it's like the whole marijuana thing. It's like some dealers don't want it to be legalized because once the FDA steps in, then there's going to be more regulation. It's going to be more of a pain in the ass, but you might not have bird shit on your weed, you know? So it's it's very interesting. And it's also hard to be informed with the internet because nothing on the <laughs> internet is authenticated. Nothing what? is for real. What? <laughs> Brad, it's true. Calm down. I don't have cancer? No, you don't have cancer. You, you might. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an oncologist. Oncologista. But a lot of the documentaries that John Joseph talks about, I encourage you to check out and yeah. base your own opinions on. Yes, I agree. A lot of really good books and, and documentaries to check out in this, this episode. And if you haven't heard The Age of Coral, it's kind of required listening. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's NYHC classic. Get that. Classic. Get, get Agnostic Front, Victim mm-hmm. in Pain. Mm-hmm. Get um, all that early war zone stuff. Keep going. <laughs> uh, start today, Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah, that's, those are important. Go to a CB's matinee. Go to a matinee. Go to a CB's matinee. Did you go to CB's matinees? I went to a couple, but really, yeah. I, by the time I got here, I'd kind of grown hardcore a little bit. Yeah, it happens. <clears throat> yeah, I was in Ohio, wishing I was here, but I, I was, you know, I was seeing integrity a lot. See, uh, speaking of which, I wrote a piece for Vice on integrity. Right on. Um, that you can read. Oh, that thing you wrote. Vice is noisy. Yeah, for noisy, Jonah wrote a great piece about touring life, which is hilarious. Yes, I, I wrote that also, and and it confirmed why we don't have comment sections on this website, <laughs> on our website, because man, people are so mean. <laughs> but now I've started putting stuff in those articles to sort of bait people because I know that they'll just like jump on it, and I'm like, yep. This is what I wanted you to do. Uh, you Say what you want because I'm not reading it. Yeah. Although one cool thing did happen recently. <laughs> the last piece I wrote for Noisy, I, I won't look at the comments, but my roommate looked at him and she was like, do you know this teacher? And I was like, some teacher I went to elementary school left a comment. Hi, Jonah. I taught you in elementary school. I liked your article. My son's in a band. And I called my mom and I was like, do you know who this woman is? She was like, yeah, yeah. She was your teacher. Do you remember her? And I was like. I don't remember getting home last night. Like, I definitely don't remember my third grade teacher, but I thought it was cool that she got in touch, and I am definitely going to check out her son's band. That's super cool. So, yeah, it's cool. See, out of all one, the bullshit, one... One positive, constructive yeah. thing has happened to me from the comments. I've also been called a faggot like 700 times. <laughs> well, so I feel like that balances it out. You know, the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are I mean, those are really good people. And I bet it's their real name when they say it. Yeah, definitely. So wow. my email is thejonahbayer@gmail.com. Feel free to uh, just get in touch directly if, if you want to know about my sexual orientation. Or you could go to our facebook.com slash goingofftrack and email about, you know, whether or not Jonah likes dudes. You can do that there. Or you can go to goingofftrack.com. There's no comment section there, but we can all make assumptions. You can donate. If you like to keep the podcast going, you can follow us on Twitter at goingofftrack.com, at my name is Jonah, at Soundwag, at Stephen Smith Says. And uh, we'll hear you guys next week. Yeah!